Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Good to be back. I'm at about 70%, which is better than 100% for most, I would say, who try this profession. I want to thank the wonderful hosts who sat in for me at the last minute. They're always great, and uh, we appreciate it. All right, folks, look. Omar and Talib, women of color, Muslims. Not all women of color and not all Muslims sound like neo-Nazis. Not all women of color and Muslims lie about the Holocaust. Not all women of color and Muslims cozy up to Hezbollah and are mouthpieces to Hezbollah. I'm disgusted with the excuses for these two reprobates. I'm disgusted with the Democrat Party, which is increasingly... Uh, accepting of neo-Nazi comments and anti-Semitism and bigotry. I am disgusted by the same media that accuses the president of being Hitler but allows these two to act as if they're civil rights activists for the Arabs. I'll be honest. I don't know how the hell Omar got into this country and her family. I really don't. They hate it so much, so much, that it seeps out of their every pore. And I don't know what the deal is with Talib and her parents. And I don't much give a damn, other than it's clear our immigration system's broken. Only people who are supposed to love this country. I don't mean disagree on the edges. Love this country are supposed to be in this country as immigrants. I don't give a damn what the media have to say, or Media Matters, or Mediate, or the well-funded, billionaire-supported left-wing attack machine. I don't care. Now let's talk about this stunt. Because these stunts reveal the true anti-Semites, the soft anti-Semites. In some cases, the un-American people in our politics. It certainly has exposed the Democrat Party once again. These are members of the Democrat Party. And the Democrat Party will not police its own members. The Democrat Party fears these two women. Fears them. Because they're in bed with CARE, Hamas front group. Because their hero, Barack Milhouse Benito Obama. He had no problem with the Muslim Brotherhood visiting his office time and time again. The most anti-Israel, anti-Semitic president we've ever had. That's right, I said it. And I've said it many times before. 
And now look at the Democrat Party since Obama's been president. They give the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran $150 billion. Who the hell does that? And there's Chuck Schumer sitting there with his thumb up his nose, defending these women. Elliot Engel, what a clown. Gerald Nadler, clown. They have Orthodox Jews in their districts defending these women. Is there a Democrat in Congress who's criticizing them? Not one. Not one. This whole thing is a spectacle. It's a phony pseudo-event. Of course Israel is not going to allow two people in their country who sound like neo-Nazis, who are anti-Semitic to the core. Go Google their names. See the things that they've said. One of the things they've said would destroy most politicians, but not them because of the first two Muslims in Congress. But all Muslims don't talk like them. All Muslims don't think like them. There are Muslims in Israel that love Israel. When you won't call a country by its name, Israel, and you insist on calling it by a name that would mean the destruction of Israel, Palestine, of course you're not going to be allowed in that country. Whether you think it's the United States? These people are fighting for their survival. They're surrounded by enemies. Not like us. We've got Canada to the north and Mexico to the south. We don't have missiles pouring into our cities. We would react a little differently than Israel. We wouldn't have pinpoint attacks. We'd blow the enemy off the face of the earth. Always a double standard, always a double standard. These two women of color Muslims haven't even been in Congress a year. And yet they know the antics, the Saul Linsky antics. They have deep, dark ties to very horrific elements throughout the country and in the Middle East. I don't give a damn about Talib's grandmother. She give a damn about my grandmother? Who gives a damn? The whole way this thing was set up, it's so obvious. But not to CNN and MSNBC. No, 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 no. They're probably still chasing Russia collusion. Not to the Holocaust-denying New York Times. And I'll get to them later. I'll get to them later, I promise. Meanwhile, this Talib hasn't visited her grandmother since 2006. By my calculation, that's 13 years. She's so loving of her grandmother, she hasn't visited her in 13... Oh, that's a lie, Mark. No, it's not. Now, the best... Scenario on this was written by Katie Pavlich at Town Hall. On July 17th, Omar introduced a pro-boycott, divestment, and sanction movement. The boycott, divestment, and sanction unit, that, uh, 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 movement, that's another name for anti-Semite movement against Israel. They give it that name. What they want to do is cut off all economic activity with Israel. Cut it off, starve the people, starve the people of Israel. And it's a worldwide anti-Semitic movement. And she's pro-BDS movement. Omar introduced a pro-BDS movement resolution on Capitol Hill. 
Talib co-sponsored it. And she compared Israel's treatment of Palestinians to how the Nazis treated European Jews during World War II. Really? Really? Where's the death camps? Where's the gas chambers? Where's the mass graves? You jackass. Can you imagine a democracy in the Middle East that has to defend itself from the PLO types, the PLO, whose founder helped the Nazis, whose founder helped the Nazis. Now she accuses the Jews of being like the Nazis in World War II uh, uh, during the uh, Holocaust. I don't know if everybody understands how unconscionable such an allegation is by a member of Congress. And this is the thing. I hear these clowns go on and on. She's a member of Congress. Gives a crap. Well, they can't say no to a member of Congress. She's a member of Congress who talks like a street thug, who's David Duke in drag, who makes these outrageous comments. The outrage is that she's a member of Congress. The outrage is Omar is a member of Congress. It's incredible. Members of Congress. One day later, after July 17, Omar and Talib announced they're planning a trip to Israel. So in other words, that was a plan. They knew that Israel has a law in place. And that law says if you support the BDS movement in all, for all intents and purposes, uh, we're not letting you in. So they do this on the floor. Then the next day, they say, we're going to take a trip to Israel. So by introducing this, Congress, they knew they were not going to get into Israel. So they're putting Israel in this difficult position, as Katie Pavlich points out. Violate the Israeli law by giving them special treatment and then allowing them to actively campaign against the country's existence and interests within its own borders, and perhaps create all kinds of protests, riots, and violence. It doesn't take much over there. Or reject them and be accused of bigotry and racism, and proving that Israel is apartheid. Israel's apartheid? Anyone who says that's never been to Israel. Now, last week, a congressional delegation of 72 lawmakers went. Republicans and Democrats, an official trip. Omar and Talib wouldn't go. They developed their own itinerary. And they did it with an in- a group, which I'll get to later. They did it with a group called MIFTA. Now, MIFTA was founded by PLO Arafat. Remember that little puke terrorist? The little rat fink? Remember him? His right-hand gal. It was founded by her. And even the Canadians have cut off that group. Uh, They have backed the uh, Intifada movements. They are seen by people, uh, let's see, uh, their founder, Hanan Ashrawa. Remember that lady? Lovely lady. Remember the PLO Executive Committee? Spoke against referring to Palestinian attackers as terrorists in a 2017 interview. In other words, it's a terrorist front group. Let's cut to the chase. Miftah is an old PLO terrorist front group founded by Arafat's right-hand lieutenant. 
Uh, and um, they're the ones who set up the group, uh, set up the, the event. So they're denied, right? So Talib then writes a letter. Writes a letter to uh, the Israeli foreign ministry and says, look, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I want to see my 90-year-old grandmother. And I promise you I won't boycott. This is all in the public record. It's all my social I promise you I won't boycott. No protests. I just want to see my, my grandmother. Might be the last time I get to see her. Again, she hadn't seen her in years and years, but now I, I've got to see her, really. So the Israeli official writes and approves it. Says, all right, you want to see your grandma, and you're not going to cause, you know, riots and boycotts and everything else. Go ahead. Then she says, you know what? I'm not going to see my grandmother. I'm not going to allow you to take a chunk of my pride away. We're not going to tolerate. And then grandma attacks Trump. Grandma attacks Trump. And then Uncle What's-His-Face, he attacks Trump. And they're all attacking Trump. So in other words, that was another setup. And now they had a press conference today. So why did Omar and Talib need to go on a fact-finding trip if they already are experts on the oppressive occupation of Israel? Since they already advocate a boycott of a major ally. It seems to me... From their perspective, they already have the information they need, right? I checked on this. No request was ever made to meet with Israeli officials. That is a complete lie today. Complete lie. These are two serial anti-Semitic liars. Fact-finding effort. Talib refused an offer to come unless she could engage in boycott activities after she was approved to see her grandmother. But this poison is spreading. This cancer is spreading. It's getting worse. The Democrat Party has rallied behind these two women. Excuse me, women of color, first two Muslims. The Democrat Party has rallied behind them. CARE has rallied around them. Elliot Engel, other Jews... Left-wing Democrat Jews are rallying around them. APAC. You know, we don't really agree with them, but, you know, Israel. APAC effectively has rallied around them. All the weak, soft underbelly of the Jewish establishment has rallied around two anti-Semites who would love nothing more than to see the complete extermination of the state of Israel. It's a sickening spectacle. And the media, of course. Very concerned about racism. Bigotry. Very. Oh, my goodness. They rallied around them, too. By withholding information. By giving them public formats without really confronting them. Earlier celebrating them and promoting them. Now the Democrats in the House... They have an idea. The Democrats in the House have an idea. We need to go after two ambassadors. What? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We need to have a, uh, an investigation of the American ambassador in Israel, David Friedman, you see. Why? 
Why? Well, because we think he's too pro-Israel. No, no, he's pro-American. Well, that too. And this guy, Dermer, the Israeli ambassador to the U.S., we need to have some kind of resolution condemning him. Why? Because he's a mouthpiece for Netanyahu, you know, and Netanyahu is a racist too. They're attacking Netanyahu as a racist. They're attacking Trump as a racist. They're attacking Dermer for working for Netanyahu and Friedman for working for Trump. More on that when I return. Mark Levin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty, with more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. It's a very short segment. We'll begin and finish after the segment, after the bottom of the hour. So the Washington Post jumps in, and their title of their piece over the weekend is, A Toxic Rift Opens Between Democrats and Israel, Not Democrats and Omar and Talib. After the nation refuses entry to two members of Congress. They didn't refuse their entry because they're members of Congress. They refuse their entry in spite of them being members of Congress. It is a national embarrassment that these two reprobates are members of Congress. And it's a national embarrassment that these two reprobates are defended by crap publications like the Washington Post. The Washington Post, like the New York Times, helped cover up the Holocaust. You know, I'm, I'm going to deal with this in the next hour, what the New York Times has done and how... Some of my fellow radio hosts and some of my fellow cable hosts steal stuff right out of unfreedom of the press. They don't know the history. They don't know what's being taught in journalism schools. All that's in the book. They just steal it. No, uh, no comment about how they got it. But that's, that's a different issue. I want to get into this more deeply after the bottom of the hour. I hope you'll stay with me. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. 
Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's College. Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Now, Talib's 90-year-old grandmother... 90 years old. I wonder where she stood in World War II. And I wonder where her family stood in World War II. I can tell you the official position of the Nazis, of the Palestinians in World War II. They were allied with Hitler. Now you'll hear none of this on cable TV or radio shows. You'll read none of this in the Washington Compost or the New York Slimes. The poor Palestinians... What's the problem? You got a part of Jerusalem. You got chunks of uh, the so-called West Bank. You've got the Gaza Strip. And how do you people live? They're run by terrorist organizations. The people who run these terrorist organizations are like mobsters. They're very wealthy. Their families are wealthy. Their top lieutenants are very, very wealthy. And the people starve. And it's Israel's fault. How many billions and billions and billions of dollars have been poured into these communities? And what do they have to show for it? I would like to know where that Talib family, way back, maybe a hundred years ago, I'd like to know where they stood during the Third Reich. I mean, the uh, NBC was checking into the background of Mitch McConnell's great-great-grandfathers, remember? Hey, look at that, they were slave owners, wow. But they weren't Holocaust deniers like the, uh, the grandfather of uh, the current owner of the New York Times. Neither's good, of course. Both are disgusting. But there's a double standard. In 1941-42, Klaus Michael Malman and Martin Kuppers write, this is from the Holocaust Memorial Museum. Nazi Germany appeared to be <laughs> invincible in North Africa against the British and in Eastern Europe against the Soviet Union. Some very specific plans were being drawn in Berlin, to ensure the genocide of the Jews in Palestine. With the invasion of Egypt at hand, many Arab nationalists seeking to eliminate British and French presence in North Africa and Near East looked to a leader, the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, Haj Amin al-Husseini, for guidance. This is how the Palestinian Liberation Organization was effectively started, in essence. The Mufti visited Axis powers and met Adolf Hitler and Heinrich Himmler, not only did Nazi Germany promise to end the European colonial presence, quote-unquote, that had replaced the Ottoman Empire after 1918, it also pledged to wipe out the Jews who'd been living in Palestine since time immemorial 
as well as the new arrivals from the beginning of the modern Zionist movement in the 19th century and following the Balfour Declaration in 1917. The process of extermination was about to be activated, and the SS and SD officers had been selected and assigned to the effort. They were to operate behind the lines with the help of those in the region who were eager to join the task. In other words, the Palestinians. When Africa Corps was defeated at El Alamein, it shifted its operations to Tunisia, where it implemented cruel anti-Jewish policies for many months. Now, I know this is an inconvenient history, and I know Talib is worried about her grandmother, who she now refuses to see and hasn't seen for over a decade. I know they had their little press conference today, and, and really people were, oh, it's, it's so sad. This is a horrific moment in American history. The same party that brought us slavery. The same party that brought us segregation. Jim Crow. Poll taxes. Literacy tax. The same party that brought us that is now bringing us anti-Semitism. These bigots. While they call the President of the United States the greatest ally Israel has had in the Oval Office, a racist. The party that was born out of racism. The party that was born out of hatred for black people. Now claims that the President of the United States, who has never done anything (coughs) to any minority, is a racist. Then you have to hear from AIPAC. This is why AIPAC is useless. All you Jews out there, and I speak to my fellow Jews, who are members of that organization and fund that organization, shame on you. Just like the Iran deal, very hush-hush. The organization is an empty suit, if you will. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a joke. It's, it's a left-of-center organization. So then we get this piece in the Washington Compost. A toxic rift opens between Democrats and Israel after the nation refuses entry to two members of Congress. Do you know how humiliating it is that these are two members of Congress? And did Israel say we're not allowing them in because they're two members of Congress? No. Shouldn't the headline be that Israel denied two openly anti-Semitic individuals into its borders. A politically explosive fight, they write at the Washington Compost, over Israel's attempt to block two members of Congress from entering the country. At President Trump's urging, now look how that's all sleezed together. The Israelis were not going to let them in. Period. Had nothing to do with Trump's tweets. But they can't help it. They hate Trump. And by the way, they have a growing hate for Israel. But they love these two women of color Muslims. Love them. They don't love Muslims who are moderates, Muslims who've assimilated into the country like Jews and Christians. They don't love them. They don't love women who are more traditional. and so. No, no, no. These are the two women of color Muslims who apparently represent all women of color, Muslims, which is a lie. I know they don't. 
has elevated rifts between it and Democrats, who have increasingly started to view the Israeli government and its leader as out of line or, in the eyes of at least two presidential candidates, even racists. So Netanyahu is now a racist. Trump's a racist. All Trump supporters are racist. Now we're going global. Netanyahu is a racist. Can you imagine calling the leader of another country a democracy who decides that two anti-Semites, I don't know what the difference between neo-Nazis and these women are. You know, I've been doing research. What's the definition of neo-Nazis? They have a lot in common. Not a perfect analysis, but enough. Which is why I'm getting into the Nazi history of, uh, of Husseini and Hitler and their goal and their connection of wiping out the Jews. And you know, when, uh, when Talib is, is having a grand old time with a Hezbollah supporter, and when she has a uh, map of Israel on her wall for the whole world to see, puts a yellow stickum on there, covering up the word Israel, putting the word Palestine... No big deal. No big deal at all. The shift in dialogue has been accelerated by the tight embrace between Trump and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And after a dizzying 48 hours, some Democrats are more openly discussing the unusual step of reconsidering foreign aid to the longtime ally. You actually have people now who want to cut support to Israel because of these two reprobates and the I want you to listen and the entire static that you're hearing is from the Democrat party there's not a single Republican that I'm aware of who's been taking these positions but it's Democrat after like Elliot Engel you creep he's got many Orthodox Jews in his district well wake the hell up and Nadler Who's got many Orthodox Jews? What's the woman's name? I can't remember her name. Another one. Got a lot of Orthodox Jews with the most left-wing Democrats. Wake the hell up! Time to send other people to Congress. There is this tectonic shifting of one of the fundamental plates of American politics. Now listen to who said this. Jeremy Ben-Ami president of J Street, a liberal pro-Israel group. It's not a liberal pro-Israel group. It is a radical anti-Israel group that wants Israel to embrace appeasement and surrender. So this is who the Washington Compost goes to. J Street. Yeah, Nita Lowy. Another creep. You jerk. I mean, we're all the, the evangelical Christian leaders are far bigger supporters of the state of Israel than these three pukes. These evangelical Christian leaders, they don't have Orthodox Jews as members. And yet these three pukes have the bulk of Orthodox Jews in New York in their districts. And congratulations, APAC, you're standing with CARE, and you're standing with Talib, and you're standing with Omar, and they're not the only ones. That ADL is a joke since that Obama guy took it over. Now, keep in mind, all these establishment groups are going to come after Mark, you see. Because Mark doesn't take their crap. Mark's a pro-American, 
red-blooded American. And I support our allies. That includes Israel. So, J Street is quoted here, you see. Now, what else do they want to do? And by the way, Bernie Sanders has such a hate and contempt for the state of Israel. It's incredible. Loved Moscow under Stalin. Loved Venezuela under Chavez. Loves Cuba to this day. He's a sleazeball, old-time commie. He just is. He is. So now what should we do? Well, we have to punish people. So now what we really need to do is we need to go after two ambassadors. Wait a minute, you're going to go after the ambassadors? Oh, yes, yes. We've got to go after this guy, David Friedman, you see. He just looks too happy over there in Israel. He, he uh, and the president have just accomplished way too much. I mean, uh, moving the capital from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's capital... That's so divisive. And then uh, recognizing the Golan Heights as sovereign to Israel, that's, that's, that might offend the Syrians. We can't have that. Closing down the old PLO office in Washington, D.C., no, we can't have that. Supporting cutting off millions of dollars in American tax aid to the Palestinian Authority, which uses much some of that money, to subsidize and give pensions to terrorists? Oh, we can't do that. Can't shake things up. So we got to go after this guy, Friedman. Besides, he works for Trump, and anyone who works for Trump must be destroyed. Must be destroyed. Him, his Jewish son-in-law, his Jewish daughter, his Jewish grandkid, whatever. They must be destroyed. And we got to go after this guy, Ron Dermer. Born, born in Miami, by the way. Miami Beach. Whatever. The Israeli ambassador to the United States. This guy's just too effective. What do you mean? Well, he's too good at what he does, too. In American-Israeli relations. So here's what we want to do, the Democrats say. We want an inspector in general investigation into David Freeman. What? For What? Because we love the old Soviet tactics, don't you know? We want to keep investigating and punishing people. There's no basis for any investigation, but these are the same people who turn politics into criminal games. And this guy, Dermer, we should denounce him on the floor of the House. Just denounce him. Ridicule him. But Talib and Omar, defend them. Two members of Congress. Two hateful, poisonous, cancerous, anti-Semites who apparently think the Grand Mufti from World War II was on to something. I am disgusted as an American citizen. I have never seen anything like this. The further left this country goes, the further there is hatred, 
the further there is race baiting, the further there is out-of-the-closet anti-Semitism. The most radical elements of the Democrat Party have the loudest voices. The media dragged them along with them because everything I said in Unfreedom of the Press is happening right before your eyes. There's no difference between the Democrat Party and the Democrat Party press. I understand another host has stolen that phrase. Shame on him, but screw him. There's no difference anymore between the modern mass media and the Democrat Party. And we're up against it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Does it occur to you, I think it does to most of you, that the same people who hate Israel hate America? Have you noticed that? Bernie Sanders. And the more they hate Israel, they hate America, or vice versa. The more they hate America, they hate Israel. So Sanders is out there trashing Israel. Omar's out there trashing Israel. Tlaib trashing Israel. Who else do they trash? America. This is a problem, ladies and gentlemen. We have an increasingly radical left as it moves more and more towards Marxist socialism. And they are devouring the Democrat Party. Most Democrats don't buy into this crap. They're not Bernie Sanders supporters. They're not Omar supporters. They're not Tlaib supporters. But the Democrat leadership and the Democrat Party generally in Washington, they are. It's not mince words. You know, I have clips from the uh, press conference of this Omar and Tlaib and Mr. Bidus. I'm not going to play them. I'm not going to play them. I'm just not going to play them. Now, I have a question for you, America. Given the long and grotesque history of the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, the leader of the Palestinians, his ties to Adolf Hitler and Himmler and the Third Reich, and the things you hear being said, the things you see from Hamas and Abbas at the Palestinian Authority, And the things you hear from these two ladies. Let me ask you, do you think the Palestinians, so-called in the Middle East, would join up with another Hitler if there was another Hitler? In two seconds, they would.
is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. promise you I'll get to the New York Times, among other things. But first, I've asked a friend of mine, Zudi Jasser, to come on the program. He, by the way, is a man of color, and he is Muslim, and he's the president of the Islamic Forum for Democracy. Zudi, how are you? Great. It's great to be with you, Mark. Thanks for uh, having me on. Well, thank you. Um, how many times have you been to Israel? Been there three times. First time in 2007, then in uh, 13, and then uh, again uh, just a year and a half ago. Did you have difficulty getting into Israel? Not at all. Not at all. Beautiful trips. Uh, got to go to uh, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, and uh, uh, Haifa, um, and got to uh, really see how normal of a country it is and how misrepresented it is by the media and how much of uh, it reminded me of America and and uh, got to meet uh, one out of six people there are Arabs like myself who uh, live uh, freely as Israelis and and uh, got to learn a lot about the country and went there with an open mind and you know you see these uh, two congresswomen uh, uh, exploiting every opportunity they can uh, you know, when people visit, you get you can get both sides of it, whatever story you want. And uh, if you go there with an open American heart, uh, you'll realize that it is truly our greatest ally. Have any of the major media outlets contacted you about any of this? I've New York Times, Fox, Washington uh, Post? Oh, no, not at all. How about CNN, MSNBC? No. NBC, no. CBS, ABC? Associated Press? No, they're not going to contact you, are they? Nope, and if they Googled Muslim Israel, and all they need to do is do some real journalism, we would be at the top of most of their searches, because uh, this has been an issue that uh, we've been trying to speak up, as you know about, for uh, since 9-11, that the Israeli-Palestinian issue is exploited by Islamists. Hamas is a terror organization that dominates our community, and as you know, the pushback I get from a lot of the mosques has to do with their position on Israel, that uh, I don't allow them to exploit uh, our democratic ally in, in a way to demonize them. And and uh, uh, so it's, it would not be hard for the regular media to find me if they really wanted to find Muslims that are rational and uh, don't uh, explore, use our grandmothers for uh, political uh, one-upsmanship. You're so right. They, they, they stereotype Muslims, the media. They stereotype the worst stereotype of Muslims, that Omar and Talib, they keep calling them women of color and the first Muslims in Congress. What does that have to do with anything? You know, Zudi Jasser, you didn't ask me, but I argued that the governor of Arizona should appoint you to the Senate when John McCain passed away. I said, now there would be a great patriot. You served in the Navy. You are a Muslim. You'd be the first Muslim, quote-unquote, in the United States Senate, and you'd be a patriot. I don't know why the governor didn't do it. I'm not asking you to get involved in that. But isn't it interesting? Now we have here Omar and Talib. 
they are out and out anti-Semites. The things that they say, the quotes that you can, and it's over and over and over again. And uh, and Talib and her association with some some supporter of Hezbollah and the things that they have said and done. I mean, the tolerance that these two women receive is unbelievable. And and I can't tell you if it's, it's the bullies in our community are able to portray themselves as victims constantly. I mean, you watch this press conference she just gave it a few hours ago. It might as well have been Hamas TV, and it was mainstream television in America. American television turned into Hamas TV because Ilhan Omar was being given free reign to, to wax on for minutes about her perceptions of Palestine. Didn't even... When she talks about democracy, when she used the word democracy, she put her air quotes in air as if somehow it's a fake democracy. She'll never talk that way about Turkey when she sat with Erdogan. Never talk that way uh, about uh, other Islamist regimes, Qatar, that she has close relationship with. No. Israel, the real democracy in the Middle East, gets air quotes about democracy while she's speaking and, and then claims that because they didn't let her in, and she, they're both supporters of BDS, which clearly is based on destroying Israel, that somehow, and by the way, Mark, what is one of the most hypocritical things, all these folks wanted to prevent, they wanted to prevent Geert Wilders from coming to the United States in 2015 because he was an Islamophobe, he's spreading hate about Muslims in Europe, he shouldn't be allowed in, and I remember Senator Kyle calling me here in Arizona saying, you know, really, what do you think? And I said, listen, I disagree with all of his positions on Israel, I mean, sorry, on, on Islam, and yet, I think he should have the freedom to come, and Americans should learn, and we should, we should allow this to be part of the conversation. No religion deserves defense that can't withstand criticism of its core tenets. And, and yet, they wanted him to be prevented from coming to the U.S., and now when Israel prevents them from coming in because they want to destroy it through the BDS movement, that somehow is inappropriate. And Israel surrounded it's not like Hamas, you know, I keep hearing this two-state two solution stuff. With whom? I mean, the Palestinian Authority is said to be moderate. The Palestinian Authority uses subsidies it gets from other countries to pay pensions to terrorists. The, uh, the Hamas is Hamas. We know what that is. And uh, I hear this, this, this Talib talks about the occupation. The occupation. So here you are, you're a state, Israel, it's a country, they have their borders, they want to protect their borders, despite allegations and negotiating and all the rest of it, and you're going to invite people in, and here's another thing, some of these areas are powder kegs, and so if in fact Talib and Omar are going to go there, and are going to foment protests and even riots, that's something that country has to take into consideration. Anyway. And, and I really don't see any difference. When you have Iranian officials screaming death to America, America as a democracy has a right to say, you know what, we don't want you coming into this country, and Secretary Pompeo was right to put sanctions on Zarif and others personally. Israel, similarly, when you have members of Congress here that support BDS, that calls explicitly, there's no endpoint to BDS, Mark. It's not like they said, oh, we want this policy change, and then we will stop our boycott. There's no endpoint. They want to see Palestine only. Their agenda for the three-day trip was simply about Palestine. They had every radical from Hanan Ashrawi on, part of their speak, part of their education, quote unquote. And yet they had no Israeli Knesset members, no 
uh, uh, members of any Israeli think tanks or activist community that would give them the other side of the story, like the other 80 members of Congress that were just there during the same time. No, they had their own anti-Israel approach, and Israel very rightly so said, you know what, we're not going to participate in our own suicide with you. Sorry. Do you agree with me that most of the elements that you're talking about, not just the Muslim community, but on the left, that trash Israel, trash the United States? I'd say 98% of them trash both countries. And and our American public is getting an education on, you know, when you say, why is the U.N. so dysfunctional? Well, it's because the far-left socialists, the radical totalitarians of the of the left from China to Venezuela on have worked very closely with the Islamists. And what do they share in common? A, a, a despise of the West, of freedom, uh, of NATO countries, especially America, and of Israel. And that's why over 50% of the resolutions to the UN are about Israel, the smallest country, smallest democracy in the world, and yet very few of them address real human rights abuses in their own countries because the left and uh, the Islamists are hand-in-hand, hand, and we're seeing that with AOC and Tlaib and Omar. It is a clinic in what happens in the U.N. happening right here in Congress. An Islamist is—how do you define that? The Islamists are those who believe that their political activism is driven primarily by their identification with their Muslim community as one political group. So their initial identification is with their Muslim identity politically— and thus their nation-state should be based on a flag based on Islam and a legal system based on the legal tradition of Islam or Sharia or Islamic law, so where Muslims are a majority. If they're a minority, they think that when they speak, they speak for all Muslims as a collective. And that, that's really the definition of Islamists. Well, I, I don't mean to go too far, and you don't have to go with me, but isn't that at least somewhat what we're hearing from these two congresswomen? Listen, if there's one thing I'm sure of, they're Islamists. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it doesn't mean that uh, it's anything inappropriate to say, no different than you call somebody a socialist or a communist. Uh, it's a political ideology, and there's no doubt that the lens through which Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib see politics and our foreign policy and domestic policy is one through Islamism. One of the things that is really more than troubling very bleak is <clears throat> the way the media coverage that cover this. If they're not out on out, out of the closet celebrating these women, and not just them, but Bernie Sanders and what he says and the others about uh, Israel, they're uh, they don't know how to cover it. For instance, I just watched one host, and what she would do is play what Talib was saying or Omar was saying, and then ask an Israeli official to respond, like their equivalents. So the Israeli officials immediately on defense, rather than having Talib and Omar on and questioning them about their past comments, about this whole ruse that took place over the last several days, in which uh, in which they they vote for that they promote this pro BDS movement. The next day they announce they're going on this trip. They avoid the trip with the other members of Congress, a bipartisan trip. They do their own trip. They have a radical group set it up, really a, a, a front group, if you will, for the uh, for the most radical elements in the uh, Palestinian movement, uh, and and then uh, they're denied, and they ha and suddenly they have this wonderful PR going on, like like it's been planned for a while, Zudi, and then after that they go back to the Israeli official and say, 
She says, uh, Talia, I want to see my grandmother. who's 90. I may never get to see her again. I promise not to boycott or protest. That's in her letter. So the Israeli official says, you know what? That's fine. Then we have another round of PR. I'm not going to uh, surrender, you know, who I am and my conscience to see my grandmother. The whole thing's a setup. Completely. And, you know, Mark, this is <laughs> you hit the nail on the head, which is, you know, as the son of Arab immigrants, I can tell you that one of the one of the classic trademarks of, of Middle Eastern Islamist politics is this tribalism. And the only way you defeat tribes is by maintaining your strength, not responding from a position of weakness, but responding in like. And when she did a letter saying that she wants to see her grandma and then she changes her mind, the response is to say, oh, so you exploited your constituency on the letterhead of your of the U.S. Congress letterhead and said you wanted to see your grandmother, and now you're saying that because the global Palestinian movement got upset with you and you're afraid of that movement bringing pressure of the BDS activists all over the world from Qatar to Turkey upon your office, now you're acquiescing to them and not responding to your own constituents in, constituents in Dearborn or in Minneapolis. So which is it? Who is your constituency? Is it Qatar and Turkey or your grandma, your family, and your constituents in the United States? I mean, that's the way they need to be responded to. But nobody either has the guts, and they're basically letting this, these activists with huge social media platforms, who, by the way, the left not only insults us Muslims, but 98% of Americans watch that press conference and are just getting ill. There's no way Americans support what they're talking about. And now, uh, by the way, <clears throat> Rashid, Rashida Talib has a fundraising letter out based on this. And so she says the Israeli government ultimately would, would, you know, would only let me uh, come in if I surrendered my, you know, my, my viewpoints and so forth. It's inhumane. Uh, and and uh, so now she's fundraising off this. I mean, the whole thing is transparent. Yet the media treat this as if it's sudden. And not just the media. The Democrat Party has circled the wagons around these two women. Does that not frighten you? Uh, I think the only thing that doesn't frighten me is that eventually I have faith in the American people. That as they begin to realize that these are not aberrations, that these are the actual leadership of the Islamist organizations that dominate many of the mosques and Islamic organizations, they're going to realize that it's time for regular Muslims to wake up and begin to create new organizations that are pro-American, pro-Israel, pro-Western freedom, anti-Islamist, anti-Hamas, and uh, no longer pandering to the uh, uh, radical left in this red-green axis of the left and the Islamists. And, uh, you know, I can tell you, her mother, her grandmother was interviewed on Palestinian television, and she said in Arabic, Yechrub Beto, and she's talking about Trump, and she basically said, President Trump, may his house be destroyed. That's what she said in Arabic. The media ignored it. It's not being covered. So here you have a, a, congresswoman, a sitting congresswoman's grandmother cursing our president in Middle Eastern media, and nobody's really responding to it. And I think eventually America's going to get fed up with it and begin to, I think, create a climate in which Muslims will finally need to wake up from their anesthesia. I hope you're right. I'm a little more sober about this, I think, with respect to the Democrat Party where this ideology seems to have taken hold and is expanding, in my view. Zudi, I want to thank you very, very much. Your group's called Islamic Forum for Democracy. If people want to learn more, where do they go? 
AIFdemocracy.org, AIFdemocracy.org, and look up our Muslim reform movement. There are many Muslim reformers like myself, not only on the right, like me, but on the left, uh, that are very active, uh, that are not Islamist, and reject uh, all of this nonsense. God bless you, my friend. Much appreciated, and be safe. And I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Senior Congressional Democrats, reports the Washington Examiner, Democrats, said to be considering legislative action against Israel's ambassador to the United States, Ron Dermer, and David Freeman, the U.S. ambassador to Israel. Sure. Sources told McClatchy that close to 12 Democratic lawmakers are considering action against Dermer and Freeman for their roles in blocking the congresswomen from traveling to Israel. They weren't blocked because they're congresswomen. It's a disgrace that they're congresswomen. It's a disgrace they're in Congress. And so I have this growing, and it's growing, anti-Semitism in, in the Democrat Party. It's always been there with the embrace of Farrakhan. You see the Democratic candidates running to uh, Al Sharpton. You see Keith Ellison becomes deputy chairman of the DNC. You don't see any of that happening in the Republican Party, do you? Do you, Jake Tapper? It's another schmo. Do you, Jake Tapper? You clown? Democrats are allegedly considering a statement of no confidence for Dermer and launching an investigation into Freeman's possible influence in the decision. Pretty shocking. Now, they're all off the record. But Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman Elliot Engel of New York and Appropriations Committee Chairwoman Nita Lowy of New York are both said to be taking part in the effort to act against the ambassadors. Now, these are two Jewish members of Congress, left-wing crackpot Democrats, who have large Orthodox Jewish communities within their districts. But they're elected for life. And so now they're siding with Talib and Omar. And I want their constituents, I want you folks who live in these districts to educate yourself about Talib and Omar. And then throw these bums the hell out of office. Elliot Angle, a freak of nature anyway. Anita Lowy, dumb as a doorknob. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. 
scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. doesn't just read the news, he makes the news. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. There are wonderful Muslims in this country, Americans, who the media won't give the time of day. Like Zudi Jasser. There are many others. Wonderful patriots. Faithful to the religion. But they've gone through a reformation period like All of us have. All of our religions have. We're not 9th century throwbacks. And they get no time on any of the cable channels that I can see. Instead, Talib and Omar, what's it been now, four days? And uh, Talib wants a boycott of Bill Maher's show. I'm no fan of Bill Maher. But why would you boycott his show? You either watch or you don't. In other words, she wants to destroy anyone and anything she disagrees with. Remember, impeach MF her Trump, now boycott and divest and sanction Israel. And while we're at it, let's destroy the Bill Marshall. She is a real... So this is from the Washington Examiner, Democratic... Representative Rashida Tlaib suggested people should boycott Bill Maher's HBO show day after the comedian criticized Democrats when in favor of boycotting Israel. The hosts argued the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement, which seeks to penalize Israel, not penalize Israel, destroy Israel's economy, is a BS purity test by people who want to appear woke but actually slept through history class. And of course he's right. And of course he's right. Has anybody else mentioned to you the ties today? I've mentioned it to you many years and many times in the past. Has anybody else mentioned to you today the ties with the Grand Mufti in the 1940s with Hitler? The great Palestinian muckety-muck of Jerusalem. Anybody else mention that? And Talib, in many ways, talked just like him. And I said, I believe at the end of the first hour, and I meant it. Do you think for a second that Hamas and the Palestinian Authority wouldn't join with a Hitler-like person today 
if they could, to destroy the Jews and destroy the state of Israel? You know they would. You know they would. And that puts it in stark contrast to Israel. So the Democrats are attacking Trump. The Democrats are attacking Netanyahu. Bernie Sanders calls Netanyahu a racist. I despise that half-wit old red from Brooklyn who moved into a tiny state of Vermont, became mayor of Burlington, now is a United States senator. He's a real POS. He really is, in my view. Absolutely is. He hates America. That's why he hates Israel. No, I don't. I don't hate America. Yes, you do, you jackass. That's why you're a democratic socialist, a.k.a. You're more a Marxist, and we all know it. You know what, honey? He says to his new bride, you know what? Let's have a honeymoon. Where would you like to have it? Let's see. Bermuda? Hawaii? Where, where? Miami? No. No, let's... Moscow. Now, remember, now, Moscow is under the Soviets. Brezhnev. Yes, we have a Cold War going on. But don't worry, he's a good Jew. He says, I'm a good Jew. Now, this is when the Soviets were punishing the Jews in the Soviet Union. No, 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 I'm a good Jew. I'm a good Jew. He's a, he's a, uh, he's a fraud. He's a fraud in terms of supporting this country. He really is. You know, demand letters from the IRS are hitting the mail. If you owe back taxes, you may be receiving one soon. And when it arrives, you'll have questions like, is it true that the IRS can garnish my paycheck? Can the IRS really take my home and bank accounts? Can they get my retirement savings? The answer is yes to all those. And the IRS can do more than that. But there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an official government program for tax debt assistance. Nobody knows more, has better experts and professionals with experience in this area, that is the Fresh Start Initiative, than the award-winning top experts at Optima Tax Relief. Optima's mission is to stand between you and the IRS, fighting to help protect your paycheck and assets and helping you get the best deal possible. But I wouldn't delay, because the IRS can tack on hefty penalties and interest every day. Call Optima now for your free consultation while you still have options. Use this number so they know you've heard about them from this show. They've been with us for years and years. It's because they're good. They're the best. 800-499-6300. Don't wait anymore. Don't stress out. 800-499-6300. Some restrictions apply for complete details. Please visit Optima Tax Relief. All right. Let me get started. New York Times. You know, I always give you a little insight into what goes on here. I have to decide every day and night, and every weekend in particular, what I'm going to post on my social sites. Because my research for this program never ends. It never ends. So I'm constantly looking, looking, looking for the most important, substantive, interesting issues and articles that I can, doing my history research, factual research, whatever it is. 
Now, one of the articles I came across was by Byron York. And it's entitled, New York Times Chief Outlines Coverage Shift from Trump-Russia to Trump Racism. And I'm sure you've seen this everywhere now. And we link to it. Now, particularly those of you who have my book, this name's going to be familiar to you. Dan Baquette. Excuse me, Dean Baquette. D-E-A-N-B-A-Q-U-E-T. Dean Baquette. The executive editor of the New York Times said recently that after the Mueller report, the paper has to shift the focus of its coverage from the Trump-Russia affair to the president's alleged racism. Now, this wasn't supposed to go public. He was talking to staff. He said, we built our newsroom to cover one story, and we did it truly well. So they built their newsroom to cover Russia collusion. One story. Which was a lie. They built their newsroom to cover a lie in hopes of getting Trump. Then he goes on. Now we have to regroup and shift resources and emphasis to take on a different story. Well, what's that? Trump's racism. What? Oh, yes. Day in and day out, we're going to spend millions and millions, the biggest newsroom in America, reporting on Trump's racism. He made the remarks at an employee town hall last Monday. A recording was leaked to Slate, which published a transcript Thursday. And I'm no fan of Slate, but I want to salute them for putting that out there. In the beginning of the Trump administration, the Times geared up to cover the Russia affair, Backhead explained. Quote, chapter one of the story of Donald Trump, not only for our newsroom, but frankly for our readers. Was, did Donald Trump have untoward relationships with the Russians, and was there obstruction of justice? That was a really hard story, by the way. Let's not forget that. We set ourselves up to cover that story. I'm going to say it. We won two Pulitzer Prizes covering that story, and I think we cover that story better than anybody else. So no introspection. No self-policing. Absolutely in a bubble. Absolutely irrational. Stick with me. Then he goes on to the Mueller report. Baquette used the gentlest terms possible. The story has changed. But the fact is the conspiracy coordination allegations the time had devoted itself to pursuing, of course, turned out to be false. Now he continued, I think we've got to change. The Times must write more deeply about the country, race, and other divisions. Trump the racist. It's actually worse. In another story, the New York Times has set out to educate the entire country. The entire country. The American people. American classrooms. The other news media. That America really didn't start in 1776. The Declaration of Independence... That's not when it really started. It started in 1619. How so? The beginning of slavery. What? The importation of African uh, natives into the United States. That's when the country started. That needs to be emphasized. That needs to be a focus. We need to rewrite the way history is taught. And we need to explain what America really is and how it really started. 
1619 slavery. Now, let me just say this to you. Let me address this on a few levels. Number one, I've heard some people talk about this today as I sat in my chair trying to get as well as I could to the program and doing my own my own work for the program. And I heard a few hosts. And I'd always listen to my local hosts who are who are tremendous, by the way. Tremendous on WMAL. But sometimes I'll poke around listen to some of the national hosts, some of the local hosts in other markets. And two in particular were stealing information right out of my book on freedom of the press. Even using terms right out of the book. Even talking about how journalists are taught today. They have no idea how journalists are taught today. They haven't done any research. Using phrases close to Democratic Party press which appears throughout my book, which is a key point in the first chapter of the book. Talking about the media, how it is now driven by social activism. And I thought to myself, man, this profession I'm involved in has seen better days. It really has. Not a lot of independent thinkers. There's some, but not many. And way too much laziness. But that's that's for another day. That's a footnote. But it's an unfortunate one. <clears throat> It'd be people you'd be surprised about too. Now that said, as awful as this is, if you've read on Freedom of the Press, this is not a surprise to you. It's going to get worse and worse. This is called social activism media. Sometimes it's called community media or public media. It's being pushed. It's been pushed by Professor Jay Rosen at NYU. He's not alone. Other professors in journalism schools. It's being pushed by newsroom executives. And it's a part of the progressive ideology. Now I want to expand on this. How this is happening, why this is happening. If you read the book, you'll understand all of this. As I say, I've been off the air, so the book on Amazon has gone off the top 100. It'll come back. Because this book can't get old now. The press bring it back. They don't mean to. Every time they do what they do, people are more and more interested in how things came to be. And it is a sickening irony that the New York Times protects Omar and Talib, attacks Netanyahu, Trump, Dermer, and Friedman. When it was the Grand Mufti, as I said, who aligned himself with the Third Reich and the Holocaust. It was the New York Times that covered up the Holocaust. See, they actually had something in common. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day. Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? how much we should be eating, and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. 
Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. May I please encourage you again to go over to Amazon.com at the top of the hour during the break and get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press and read it and share it with family members and friends and your co-workers because these events are provided to us via the media. And this is the most comprehensive examination of the mass modern media the most substantive examination that you will ever have read. And it's not a very long book. How long is it here? It's got a lot of endnotes, but you don't have to worry about the endnotes unless that's something that turns you on. Otherwise, it's 230 pages. Easily read. Look at the five-star comments. But I know many of you have listened to this program. I just saw our numbers. We have almost 3 million podcast listeners last month. For a talk show... That's massive, because that's in addition to 8.5 million AMFN listeners, and that's in addition to, we don't know the number of satellite radio listeners, and that's in addition to people who live stream, listen, and so forth, and have other methods of listening. So we're well over 10 million, probably closer to 15 million. Well, we've sold about almost, what is it? 435,000 copies in all forms. That's a lot. It's a great deal, particularly when the book doesn't get support from many in the conservative movement, but is getting in terms of the media. But also we did get support from some of our wonderful local hosts and a couple national hosts. But I, I would strongly encourage you, now is the time to act. I told you, we are up against this. We have a brutal election coming up. And you now heard what the New York Times executive editor had to say. He said it's a war. We tried to take out Trump with Russia collusion. Now we're going to try and take him out with racism. And he said, while we're at it, we're going to, uh, we're going to push the narrative that America is a nation based on slavery and racism. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that is a lie. It's not a nation based on slavery and racism. And you're either going to allow these social activist journalists to now hijack our history or we're going to fight back. That's the whole point of unfreedom of the press. And that's the whole point of Hillsdale College. The good, the true, the beautiful. Think about those concepts for a second. What do they mean? How can one begin to understand these high and noble ideals? Well, folks, it starts with the right kind of education. The kind of education used to be common, but it's become increasingly rare. It used to be that college students, young people, would study comprehensively a variety of subjects, from philosophy to politics to biology, from literature to history to theology. A core curriculum, in other words. But sadly, that's not the case these days. I can tell you about one place where young people study like this. It's Hillsdale College. 
At Hillsdale, students work hard, spending more than half their time studying the core. The result? Hillsdale alum are leaders with intelligence and character, ready to make a difference in their families, communities, and country. But it all starts with that core, the core that every student takes, the core that develops moral and intellectual virtue, the core that helps them understand the good, the true, and the beautiful. Find out more about what education is meant to be at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. And get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press during the break. Go to Amazon.com. It, too, is crucial to education, particularly your children if they're in high school or college and graduate school, but also the rest of the nation. Well, Mark, I have a copy. Well, we've got to spread the word. Maybe keep your copy or give it to somebody else and acquire another one. I'm not doing this to push books. I'm doing this to push the mission, the mission, the mission. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I shall return. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. So, um, here was the article that I was talking about with respect to the New York Times reframing American history. And uh, they were, in addition to the other remarks about Trump, it's called the, they have a project, it's called the 1619 Project, as Byron York writes. They've created, they're funding, the 1619 Project. This is what the paper hopes the project will accomplish. Quote, it aims to reframe the country's history, understanding 1619 as our true founding, and placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of black Americans at the very center of the story we tell ourselves about who we are. The goal of the 1619 Project is to reframe American history. So he writes, the basic thrust of the 1619 Project is that everything in American history is explained by slavery and race. It's only going to get worse, folks. It's only going to get worse. The message is woven throughout the first publication of the project, an entire edition of the Times magazine. Begins with an overview of race in America. Quote, our democracy's founding ideals were false when they were written. Black Americans have fought to make them true. Unquote. Written by Times writer Nicole Hannah-Jones, who on Twitter uses the identity Ida Bay Wells from the crusading late 19th, early to 20th century African-American journalist Ida B. Wells. The essays go on to cover the economy. Quote, if you want to understand the brutality of American capitalism, You have to start on the plantation, unquote. The food we eat, quote, the sugar that saturates the American diet has a barbaric history as the white gold that fueled slavery, unquote. Listen to this. The nation's physical health, quote, why doesn't the United States have universal health care? The answer begins with the policies enacted after the Civil War, unquote. Politics, quote, 
America holds on to an undemocratic assumption from its founding that some people deserve more power than others, unquote. Daily life, quote, what does a traffic jam in Atlanta have to do with segregation? Quite a lot. And more and more. Now, just so you understand, this pretty much comes out of Marx. I know this sounds provocative. It's not intended to be. But it pretty much comes out of Marx. You must have these battles between classes of people. Economic classes, yes, but this is expanded to race classes. You must. They must be perpetuated. They can never be resolved. You must break up the status quo. You must break up the system as is, even though much of it's been created by the left in the last hundred years, but stay with me. Destroy what exists. Wipe the slate clean. And start over with an egalitarian society of the sort you hear from Bernie Sanders. The Constitution is racist. The Declaration is racist. The founders are racist. Our history is racist. We are a racist people. More and more, this is why you're hearing white privilege. Excuse me? White privilege? Yes, white privilege. You never hear about a colorblind society anymore. Never. That was the goal of the civil rights movement. And in many respects, we've met it. But no good anymore. So you can never make progress in a capitalist constitutional republic when it comes to race or income, or anything else. You must destroy these ideals. These ideals come from these racist slaveholders. And so we have a war, ladies and gentlemen, on our very being, on our very founding, on the very purpose of the country. It's really quite appalling and shocking. Now, the Times promises more 1619 Project stories in the future. And not just in the paper's news sections, but in the business, sports, travel, and other sections. The Times' popular podcast, The Daily, will also devote time to it. So they're pushing climate change, and now they're pushing this. What did I tell you? It's the social activism agenda. The mass modern media has moved from the progressive agenda that was stated over 100 years ago, objective truth-seeking, washed through the progressive ideology, to forget about the objective truth-thinking, just push the progressive ideology. So they've taken a massive radical step in this regard. The project rollout just happened to come at the same time as that leaked transcript about uh, focusing on Trump and racism. (laughs) Excuse me. So this is the paper record, which has never really been a paper record. It's been a paper of disinformation and misinformation. And we have done a tremendous job, you and I, in the last six, seven months of exposing the media generally and the New York Times in particular. Regardless of what the other hosts, not all, but some of them do, or cable hosts do. Hey, you know what? What? I think we'll call it the Democrat mass media. Hey, genius, huh? They're social activists. Wow, really? They push their propaganda. Yes, they do. Now, that's all well and good, but that's superficial, too, to cherry-pick somebody else's scholarship and research. That's not enough. you got to dig into what we're talking about. You have to dig into it. Like, if you read Chapter 6 of Unfreedom of the Press, you'll know. The New York Times has always been an anti-Semitic newspaper. 
a market owned by Jews. Well, then go ahead and explain some of the Jews today. Like J Street on the left. Or Elliot Engel and Anita Lowy and some of the others. How they circle the wagons around Omar and Talib. How do you explain that? Because their political ideology is first. That's their true belief. That's their true belief system. I'll give you a, here, here's AOC, a line climate group demands media silence on climate deniers. You see, climate mobilization, a group pushing for a World War II scale national mobilization to fight global warming, it's a more Marxist claptrap. Shipped into this country from Europe. Condemn the media for pursuing objectivity. By giving airtime to climate deniers, aligned with Senator Bernie Sanders and Representative Aach, the organization wants the media to silence all voices opposing their climate alarmism. They already have Chuck Todd in their back pocket, because Chuck Todd, he's, he's, he's a mannequin, he's an idiot, with a fourth-grade haircut. So, so Todd's all in, but the truth is they're all all in. Some media outlets are sacrificing the future of our planet for the sake of appearing objective. Margaret Klein-Salmon, founder and executive director of the Climate Mobilization, said in a news release Saturday, the idea of equating climate deniers with scientific experts is a dangerous practice which frames the threat to our planet, our existence, as an ongoing debate. I don't think sacrificing the future of our planet in exchange for a look of objectivity is an even exchange. In other words... This is totalitarianism. This is totalitarianism. There is no debate. There never needs to be a debate. There never was a debate. There doesn't have to be a debate. Because they're following science. And you're a bunch of right-wing racist screwballs. And we are moving in this direction. Because the media is embracing this ideology and the media is embracing these tactics. And that's no joke. And now, I'm going to give you another example. You know, in 1992, we were not in a recession. We were not in a recession. The economy was chugging along. And yet Bill Clinton and the media insisted we were in a recession. And we heard this drumbeat over and over and over again. And it was one of the reasons Bush 41 lost re-election. People started that, you know what, we're in a recession. So you're hearing more and more news stories, and I just heard one at the top of the hour, and it reminded me. They said uh, a significant percentage of economists who they spoke to or contacted or surveyed said that they expect a recession within two years. Now, ladies and gentlemen, maybe they expect a falling star in two years. I, I don't know what to... What, what kind of news reporting is that? Are we, do we have an oncoming recession? Is it factually accurate or not? Well, they expect one. I don't care if they expect one. How come we never expected one under Obama? Did you ever hear any report? You know what? In two years, we're expecting a re- You never heard anything like that. They are piling on. They are so desperate to kill off this president, it's not even funny. So they're going after the economy. They're going after the consumer. They're going after you. Look, he's a racist. And uh, not only that, he sucks on the economy. Oh, okay. Let me vote for Elizabeth Warren then. 
All right, I'll be back. Mark Lovin. Mr. Call Screener, I have not pulled up the call screen. Come on. Yeah. Eric in Orange, California, the great KRLA. And I'm coming out there next, uh, in October. Am I allowed to say that? I am. It's a great radio station. 870 The Answer, where we are live and national. Eric, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Mark. I'm in uh, Cota de Casa, actually, in South Orange County. Well, congratulations. Yeah, first-time caller and about a 12-year listener. Thank you. Um, I'm glad, glad you're back behind the microphone. Thank I you. I try to catch all of your uh, all of your shows every day. If I can't do it on 870, I try the Patriot on uh, Sirius. And then uh, if not, I use the uh, podcast, and it's wonderful. Perfect. Thank you. So, yeah, so, listen, um, I, you know, I really like your demeanor, Mark. I like the way you approach everything. Um, you have you have the answers, and I know you have a very smart audience. Um, and you know, I try, try to pride myself on having learned a lot from you, and you know, being somewhat educated myself and seeing what's going on out there. And here in Orange County, you know, obviously it's been turning blue. And I read an article in Fox yesterday that this county now has more registered Democrats than Republicans. So that happened about two um, weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. So I know you, uh, your children moved away from here, and uh, you know, well, it's, it's one has and one will. Yeah, I think that's what you mentioned the other uh, the other week. So, but um, you know, the um, you know, so and what's it's going on? It, well, it's tough to understand how that happens out here, and, and then we're we're talking about uh, Jews and anti-Semitism and anti-Semites, and this term comes up a lot. You know, you use it; it's used on other shows; it's used on. Um, you know, radio and television and such. And I know that the audience is very, very smart, and they they probably know what that term means, but I, I think that it goes over the head of a lot of people, whether they hear it on the radio or on television. It means Jew haters. How's that? Well, yeah, exactly. And, and I'm, I'm just I'm curious as to why that term doesn't get used more, because everyone understands a Christian, they understand a Jew, they understand religion, and... If, if someone says, hey, this is a Jew hater, or this is an Israel hater, or this is an anti-USA person, right, or anti-American person. If this audience is smart, people don't know, they go ahead and Google it, look it up. But I've explained it over and over and over again. And here's the thing. I wish I didn't have to talk and talk about this. It's, it's appalling. And if Talib and Omar weren't in our faces and weren't on TV all the time and getting all the attention they were getting, or other individuals... In the past, it's like Keith X, Keith Ellison. You wouldn't hear me talk about it. But because of the rise of what's taking place and uh, its promotion, how can I not? Oh, I agree, Mark. Absolutely, you have to. And we need, we need to keep pounding away on this because this, this, is, a, this is a big concern. Uh, and, and I really thank you for not playing the clips of those two uh, anti-Semites today. Well, I uh, listened to them, and I said, what the hell? Why, why would I play these clips? Yeah, All right, I, Eric. I, I, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, oh, I'm sorry, Mark. Yeah, I would, I would rather hear what you have to say about them and the, and the way you lay it out, and then, you know, so I don't have to pain myself with it. And I'm sorry you do, but... <laughs> 
it's uh, you know this country. I, I don't know how we elect people like this. But I want to I want to tell you something. I want to thank the evangelical Christians out there and other people of goodwill. I'm quite serious about this. <clears throat> These are righteous people. Other people of goodwill who see what's taking place and stand up to it. I also defend the president from allegations of racism. I know what racism is. You've seen it. It's not this president, that's for sure. And many of the people who call him a racist are racist themselves. Thank you, Eric. So I'm losing my voice a little. I want to keep going. How? Atlanta, Georgia, Sirius Satellite. Go. Mark, good evening. Thank you for everything that you're doing. And uh, you're just you're just helping to educate so many people who need to be educated. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Mark, Mark um, and I want to thank you also for pointing out about the what I like to call the faux Jews, the ones who pretend to be Jewish, who who claim that they support Israel, support Judaism, and they really their religion is leftism. The Bernies, the Anita Lowys, the Chuck Schumers, the list goes on Elliot and on. Elliot Engels, the, the Nadlers. You're right. But but I, what I wanted to um, do, you mentioned about about um, the the science of. Uh, climate deniers and and fascism and i just wanted to make the connection i know you'll do a much better job than i do um about the last time a government tried to use science to um to advance a position um in in the name of of uh of betterment of society that happened in 1930s in germany with eugenics and so i think that that, it also uh, happened in this country with eugenics, Planned Parenthood's founder. That's exactly right. And, um, you know, and this is just a slippery slope that we've seen in fa- with fascist governments around the world, throughout history, and it's just history repeating itself, and people who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. It's a power grab. When you grab an economy like this, you're creating a police state. And that's what you're talking about. You can't have a Green New Deal without having an all-powerful central government that dictates so many things, all the way down to, uh, you know, every appliance in your home. All right, Hal, thank you for your call, my friend. I don't think I have time for anybody else yet. I think I'll spend most of the rest of the show taking your calls. We have a full board right now, but if people are interested in calling... After the bottom of the hour, when you hear me take a call, or that's your time to dial in. So we'll be right back. America's most powerful conservative voice. The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. In a world that has lost its way, lost respect for logic, law, and American history. Who's defending you in Washington? Who speaks for conservatives? AMAC, the Association of American Conservatives. That's who. AMAC gives its members valuable everyday benefits while boldly defending America's priceless constitution, sacred history individual liberties, and basic moral compass. AMAC fights for border and national security, freedom of speech and religion, and values articulated by Reagan like strong defense, limited government, lower taxes, and a solvent federal government. 
Hard to believe where we are now, but we are. And AMAC is dedicated to remembering past sacrifices and preserving America's core values for the future. They oppose the rise of socialism and the Medicare for All push. Now, if you're not an AMAC member, you should be. The next election will decide our nation's future. We will either be true to America's noble past and principles or drift deeper onto the sea of moral relativism. Step up, folks. Sign up today at amac.us. They not only support our cause, you get tremendous discounts and benefits. That's amac.us, A-M-A-C dot U-S. William, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, the great WFRK. Go. Yeah, hi, um, Mr. Levin. It's a great pleasure to talk to you. I was just wanting to say something about this whole uh, thing of 1619. Those people come here as indentured servants. They were sold to the shipwrights or... They really weren't sold to them, but they were sold into indentured servitude, just like 90% of the people at that time that come to America to help pay for the repair of the ship that was damaged during the hurricane that they were in. These same uh, people were considered some of the blue bloods of America. They are on the historic register as some of the first citizens of this country. They held huge amounts of land. They held slaves themselves. In fact, the very first incident of an indentured servant running off from its master and being turned in was actually turned in by a black man. Where do you, where do you get this history from? I'm just unfamiliar with it. Okay, well, this this the, this whole story about them being slaves—they were not slaves. No, but where do you get this history from? So I can check it out. So uh, you can you can look at it. It's in history books. Okay. All right, buddy. Thank you. That doesn't sound right to me. <clears throat> Doesn't sound right to me. What do I know? Let's keep going. Stephen, Bronx, New York, the great WABC. Go. Yeah, hi, Mark. As far as the Times is concerned, that's, uh, newspapers are great for cleaning windows. Mm-hmm. That's what the papers should be known as. Now, as far as, uh, as, far as maybe a, a couple or three or four conservative Jews up here in the Bronx, Engel has an office not far from where I live. I went up, when I heard about this story, I went up there and I called. They don't want to hear about it. They don't know, they don't care, just like, just like everyone who votes. They don't them. want to hear about what? He's part of the cabal and wants to go after the ambassador. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they don't want to hear any dissenting views. Oh, that's very uh, Talib of them. Oh, very much so. And uh, just, like, just like all the zombies that keep voting him in, that's why New York will always be in the But toilet. isn't there a large Orthodox population there? Um, there's in the western part of the Bronx, which is a large Jewish population, and, it's, and Nadler and Carol Maloney um, represents uh, the left-wing part of Manhattan. All right, but I'm talking about uh, Elliot. Elliot Engel, he, is, he represents a good part of the Bronx, mm-hmm. which, is mostly, uh, which is actually mostly black and Spanish. Well, his days are numbered. You get an OLC-type candidate, and they play the race card, which is more and more what the Democrat Party has evolved into. So uh, maybe that's the problem. He's scared of an attack on his left. You know, that would be, you know, like a, a Leninist is scared of an attack by a Trotskyite. I've also come to the conclusion they're absolutely petrified of these two. I even called uh, Peter King's office. Now, he represents Long Island. Silence. They are petrified of these two. Silence. Absolute silence. They won't. They don't want to. 
They don't want to hear about it. They will not criticize him at all. It's amazing what petrifies them. We had millions of people in the Tea Party. They weren't petrified uh, in Congress. Then you have two clowns, and they're petrified. Three clowns. Yes. All right, sir. Thank you for your call. Robin, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? I'm great, Mr. Levin. It's such an honor to speak with such a brilliant man who shares himself so unselfishly with all of America. Thank you. Thank you. This is what prompted me to call tonight. I heard that you said you have about 10 million listeners, and I want to plead with all of your listeners. I cannot believe you have not sold at least a million copies of your book. I have had the best time with your book this summer. I've probably bought about 25 copies. Holy mackerel. I take a trip. If I'm flying somewhere, five copies go with me. I leave one at the outgoing airport. I leave one on the plane. I leave one at the hotel. And then I reverse it on the way back. And you know when you go around neighborhoods, and I don't know about where you live, but in my area, people put up... I'm sorry, I'm very nervous. Take your time. It's all good. People have these little boxes sitting out by the curb. You know, you can borrow a book and bring a book. Well... I've been putting, every time I see a box, I keep about five books in my car with me. When I go to work or I'm out running errands, if I pass one of those boxes, I put a copy of your book in it. You're unbelievable. Best time spreading liberty, baby, like you taught me to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. I want to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press, and I also want to give you... I mean, because you're, you're really all in. A, a one-year subscription to Levin TV. So please don't hang up. And Mr. Call Screener, let's make sure she gets both of those, okay? One-year subscription to Levin TV and a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. You're remarkable, Robin, and I thank you very, very much. Wayne, Portland, Oregon. The great KUFO. Go. Yes, Mark. Um, appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Um, it's Go for a privilege. it. Thank you. Um, I've learned so much just from listening to you and reading your books. Uh, I read them religiously. I tell everybody I can. If you really want to get an idea of how America is supposed to work, you got to read this stuff. Thank Anyways, you. that that being said, um, my reason for calling today is that. Uh, First, as a point of of full disclosure, um, I am um, what you would call an evangelical Christian, okay, Um, conservative constitutionalist. So I I call myself, uh, my new initials are CCC, which is Christian Conservative Constitutionalist. That's pretty good. that, That being said... You're despised um, by MSNBC and CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post. But from my perspective, very good. Anyways, my my reason is the, the whole issue of anti-Semitism. Um, you know, I made my, my Christian commitment when I was nine years old. And um, pr- thank goodness I was raised in a family um, who understood the importance um, and the, of the Jewish people and the importance of respecting them. More importantly is understanding 
that this is this is more than just just respecting this is respecting God because God chose this people for a reason and not only that um, but the land in which they live was given to them unconditionally not conditionally unconditionally and in fact the sliver they live on is just a portion of what God gave to them if you read the Old Testament it tells you where the borderlines are and I don't think the uh, Arab community really wants to hear about that but Tell me, where are the Palestinians in the Bible the, the Palestinians they aren't, aren't in the Bible. no exactly now my dad used to say that now here's the other thing doesn't mean people shouldn't leave uh, live in peace but the point is the idea that the Jews occupy this area do you ever hear people in this country say the Native Americans occupy land? Have you ever heard them say that? Yeah. yeah. No. Well, the Jews were in <clears throat> what we call Israel long before there were Native Americans. Absolutely. I, 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 this, it, it's just incredible. This, this, is, this is one people where we can actually work our way back through ancient history and see where they were. Go ahead. Anyways... The other thing that the Bible says that is very, to me, distinct, and that is, God says in the Bible that he said, those who bless the Jewish people will be blessed. Those who curse them will be cursed. And you know who God taught me a- that? Mike Huckabee taught me that. I said, right. what, what is your, your strong support for Israel as an evangelical Christian? He gave me the same exact quote. Absolutely. And the important thing here is that I truly believe that uh, America hasn't been perfect in their, in their uh, dealing with the Jews over their centuries of being a nation. I mean, as a nation as a whole, I think that we've done better than others. And personally, I believe that America, to a great degree, has been blessed because they have recognized and respected and supported the Jewish people. And I, I, I fear that what we're seeing today is leading to a time when God says, look, I love you, but you can't do this. If you keep doing it, you will pay a price. So we need to, as a people, and, and I even talk among my Christian friends, and even among the uh, wonderful Christian people that I, that I deal with is that there is, in many cases, an unwillingness to really deal with this. It's, a, it's, it's not that they don't believe it. It's like, it's like this political correctness crap. Is that well, well let, let me just say this, Wayne, because we're running out of time and you're extremely thoughtful. It would be foolish to deny that changes in immigration policy have not had an impact on this country. I'm not talking about color and race or sex. I'm talking about culturally. The changes in immigration and changes internally. When people come into this country, they see a New York Times article attacking the history of this country. Maybe they turn on CNN, seeing going, people going about systemic racism. They hear Democratic candidates talking about how we have a... Uh, a, a, a racialist uh, criminal justice system. They hear Bernie Sanders going on and on about how uh, the rich are ripping everybody off. It's, it's not 
it is a very unhealthy body politic we have right now. And the, the culture is suffering, and maybe the culture is it's the other way around. The culture has helped cause this. But in any event, fewer and fewer Americans, fewer and fewer immigrants are respecting our history and respecting our culture. And more and more, it's the cultures people have escaped from are the cultures we're celebrating. Like Talib and Omar. Their cultures are not worth celebrating. Look what's going on in Somalia. Look what's going on in, um, in the Gaza Strip and other parts where the Palestinians actually have control. I'm sorry, these are hell holes. If they weren't hell holes, people wouldn't be trying to come here, would they? Thank you, Wayne. Appreciate it. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, China's on the move, Iran's on the move, Russia's on the move, government spending's on the move, legal immigrants are on the move. None of this is being discussed in a comprehensive way. All of last week, this week, these issues bounce around, but they're almost back issues now. Nobody really focuses on them, nothing of substance. Only pontification by Democrat mouthpieces in the mainstream media about pseudo-events. Now, you loyal Levinites know this already because you obviously listen to my radio show. You all care about what's really going on. You care about the actual threats facing our great republic. You don't get caught up in propaganda spewed by the Praetorian Guard media. You want pure, unadulterated Americanism. The great news is that place already exists. It's called Levin TV, where you'll get commentary of mine that you won't get anywhere else because we're unlike anywhere else. We're only beholden to you, Levinites, patriots, those who love this country and want to see it sustained. I hope you'll join me as we take on these various forces, as well as catch up on all my past po- episodes. Go to LevinTV.com, L-E-V-I-N-TV.com to sign up today. Then enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, and you'll get $10 off your annual subscription. No point in waiting anymore. I jump right in. These are times that that require our engagement. That's LEVINTV.com, promo code LEVIN. Get $10 off your annual subscription. That's a big cut. It's $99 a year. You can get $10 off. And uh, our crew and staff, technical people, work very, very hard. We do the very best we can, as do I, to bring you a really good program on Levin TV. And Levin TV is the marquee program at Blaze TV. So there are other hosts. Feel free to watch them as well. Uh, but uh, you can join us at Levin TV and make sure you watch our program too. Let's go to Bernie, Lehigh Acres, Florida, the great WFSX. How are you, Bernie? I'm doing well, Mark. Thank you for taking my call, and welcome back. I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to say, I think Netanyahu was a little, I think he erred in his decision not to let uh, the two anti-Semites into the country. What he should have done is what all the politicians have to do when they go to Israel, and that's their first trip when they get off the plane is usually go, go to Yad Vashem. And if they saw Yad Vashem... Well, he, no, 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 he can't, for, they had no plans on going there. 
they show the itinerary. Well, and you can't I, force them into a museum and say, you know, <laughs> and their law prevents them from coming in. They have a law. It's a democracy. If you support the BDS movement, you don't get to come into Israel. They're trying to save their country, protect their country. But, you know, so it's, they, it's not a bad Netanyahu decision. It's the implementation of the law. And let them see it and then put them back on a sir, plane. Sir, you can't force them to go into the museum and let them see it and then force them back on an airplane. Uh, well, I'm a little, overzealous, a little overzealous with that because I've been there. and uh, It's a horrible the, thing to see, isn't it? Uh, it is. And, you know, growing up, my mother's friend had numbers on her arm. And as a little boy, I would ask her, what are those numbers for? And she says, you'll know all about it when you're older. And you know what I did? And it really hit home. And that lady that talked to you about her books, putting five of your books out there, that brought tears to my eyes because this country yeah. is lost. Those kind of people are very few and far between anymore. You're, you're right. I think there are about half the country understands what's going on, is trying to defend the country. And let me put it to you this way. I think about a third of the country does. A third of the country is the fifth column. And a third of the country doesn't give a damn what's going on. As long as they get their iPhone and their hamburger and get their 9 to 5 and that's it. That's what happened during the revolutionary period too. I, I, I'm really shocked when we have men and women who've given up their lives throughout our history to protect this great nation. That way the New York Times telling them, what, what for? You know, the history begins with slavery. It's really sickening. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. A lot more to get to. I'll get to it tomorrow. And all our heroes out there, please get your copy on Freedom of the Press. Let's get engaged. And hopefully I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.